Well, that was good. That is amazing. Uh, honestly, I just, I really enjoy it. It's a struggle for me, the bell. Every time you start singing, though, I, I, I have to get Tiny Tim out of my head. But uh, <laughs> tiptoe through the tulips here. I'm like, oh, get out of here. Get out of here. I got to listen to what Bell's saying. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, they have no idea. They have no idea. They think we're talking about, uh, you, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge or something here. Uh, no, we're not. Okay. Oh, well, thank you again for coming out today. I hope it's a blessing to you to be here. I want you to look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. I, um, the book of Acts talks about the church, and you know, the big question is, is, that, is, a, is Calvary a book of Acts church? Is Calvary a book of Acts church? And so, uh, actually, I have about... Um, Oh, about nine or ten points on this. We're going to take probably about half of this message this morning. I don't I don't know if I'll ever even finish it, but but I'm going to give you half of it uh, this morning. But I want you to look at Acts chapter uh, one, verse one. It says, "The former treaties have I, I have I made." Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to move to my Bible. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Uh, I always understand, take, look at everything that takes place but it, in the Word of God, but it says to do and to teach. Uh, there's a lot of teaching going on in America, in our churches, and, a lot, uh, and very little doing that's going on. But, but he said Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, he through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power, in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this moment. Holy Spirit of God, guide my mind, my thoughts. And, and Lord, I pray that we can truly answer this question in our hearts because the church is, is just truly individuals. Uh, it's individuals make up this congregation, this called out assembly called the church. Lord, I, I pray that each of us would search inside of us. And Holy Spirit, that you would search us. And, and Spirit of God, that you would fill me as I try to deliver the truth that you've laid on my heart. And, and Lord, I yield myself to thee. And I ask you, please, Spirit of God, guide my mind, guide my thoughts. And, and Lord, please uh, uh, be here in power this morning. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. The most powerful and influential church of all history is the Church of Acts. 
Of course, the beginnings take place in Jerusalem shortly after the crucifixion and resurrection, and, and this is where the church of Acts will come into being fully. And I say that fully, this word fully, but I say fully because in reality, an ecclesia, which is the church, is a called out assembly. And verse 4 makes it clear that they were not only assembled, but Jesus was the preacher and the teacher before we have the church of Acts proper. Acts, uh, verse 4 says, and being assembled, that's a called out assembly, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. So the, we're talking about the church of Acts, not the church, but the church of Acts in reality was already called out right here, right now, and Jesus was the pastor. But, but the church of Acts as we know it, the church of Acts proper that we know it, this, this is where the church of Acts is, is seen in its preparation. And that's the first word that I want to think of. They prepared themselves for the, for the service of God by assembling together. Number one, they came together. Number two, they listened to Jesus when they came. And number three, they heeded the command of Jesus. And so, you know, truthfully, if Calvary Baptist Church is going to be a church of Acts, number one, hopefully, the people that are here, we got a good start. We assembled. Amen? We assembled. Amen? I'm going to say, <laughs> amen? Uh, we assemble together, and so we're here. Now, here's the big question. Are we doing number two? Listening. Listening. And then number three, it's not enough to listen. Are we heeding? Heeding. You know, what, what I love is I love to see lives being changed. And can I tell you, people... People sometimes over the years have come to Joe Beth and I and say, thank you. You know, your, your counsel, your help, your preaching, your teaching changed my life. No, that's not possible. God changed your life. But you had to decide to listen to the Word of God. For the, 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 the Word of God is what's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's the Word of God that can change you. And, and what's thrilling even today in, in this service is knowing as I look around the room, there's some lives that are being changed. But can I tell you, they're being changed because you listen. They're being changed because you listen and you heed what you hear. You know, so many people hear truth but don't heed it, and then they come back and say, it didn't work for me. Now, I'm sorry, it don't work on its own for you. you got to work it. They prepared themselves. And so if we're going to be, if Calvary's going to be a, a church of Acts, a, a church like the, the, the church in the book of Acts, and then we've got to assemble, we've got to listen, we've got to heed. The word is, we got to be prepared. we got to be prepared. And they were a prepared church in the book of Acts. Uh, you know, wisdom should tell us that a time of preparation is always needed. A time of preparation, anything that you get ready to do, it's better that you prepare to do it. It's just better, you know, my wife said to me the other day, there was something that got left done, and she said, Rob, did you make a checklist? And I said, shut up. Uh, no, I said, uh, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I looked at her and said, no. And she said, well, that's probably why it didn't get done. Uh, so, yes, I know, I know. And, and you know what? I need to make a checklist that tells me, number one, to make a checklist. 
A few years ago, two of my sons-in-law and, and, uh, and I decided that they needed a back deck for their bi-level house. So it wasn't there, the two of them, you know, but, but two of my sons-in-law went together to do this. And one son-in-law and my daughter, they had a, a bi-level house and they had a, a deck and stairs that were falling down. Yeah, matter of fact, you had to, you know, kind of like board the door there and make sure some kid didn't go out there because you didn't know if the whole thing was going to fall down. And, I, and I, I went to him, I said, you know what, we got to do something about this because those are my grandkids, really don't care about you, but uh, we got to do something. So I said, we got to build this thing. Now, here's my, my other son-in-law, uh, Nate, said, I'll, I'll help you. And Ken and I and Nate, we're going to build this thing. Here's the problem. And none of us ever built nothing. We're totally clueless. I mean, you know, this is, this is really a really scary situation. What's really scary is that, that we're going to build something that people are going to actually walk out and stand on that's like eight foot high. And I'm thinking, this is, you know, we got to do this right. So you, we, we put our heads together and went to Google. And, um, and so we started Googling uh, how do we do this? And so I said, look, I, I, you know, I know, I know it's got to have posts, you know, I, I know that. So here's my job. I'll dig the post holes because that's all my daddy would ever let me do. And so uh, I, I'll dig the post holes. And you say, why? Because my daddy told me that was the only tool that I was smart enough to use. And so, uh, and so, uh, but I'll dig the post holes. I do this, you know, I will, will. And so we started in that and, and uh, we, we were Googling everything and we're trying to get it. And, and you wouldn't believe how many times we were just like, okay, uh, we don't know where to go from here. We don't know. So what do we do? Go back to the computer and go back and look at it again. And what we're trying to do, we went and we went and researched all the materials that we needed and then went back to the lumber company 12 more times. But, the, um, but um, we watched videos. We measured. We remeasured. But the most important thing is that we prepared by listening to the instructions the only reason that thing is up today, hopefully it still is, the only reason it's up today is because we had instructions and we listened to them and we followed the instructions. Now, it's, it's so very important that we understand it. Jesus instructed them, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he, Jesus, saith, ye have heard of me. You know what he's saying right here? He's saying, Jesus is telling them, you've heard me say this before, but listen to me. I'm going to say it to you one more time. Now get it. Get it one more time. And you know, that's really what I do as a, as a preacher. I come and you say, well, man, you've repeated that. You know why I'm repeating that? Because repetition is the key to learning. And because usually you didn't hear it the first time. And so I'm going to keep repeating it, hopefully. You say, when will you stop? When I start to see people actually starting to assimilate something I said into their life. Then I think, hey, they're starting to get it. I'll move on into something else. And so Jesus was saying that he had told them before, but they needed to hear it again. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. They want to rush the process. Here's what everybody does. And, and, and look, we've got some couples that, that over the last year, we've got some families we got some, that, that I've seen some incredible growth in. But can I tell you, it's taken, some, it's taken a bunch of months. It don't happen quick. But here's, here's the problem, especially in America. We want everything drive through. We want everything quick fixed. And here's what happens. I, I tried it for two weeks, and it didn't work. Listen, folks. I don't know how many times I've told people, you don't try it, you do it. 
No, no, nothing works if you just try it. No, you got to keep doing it. You don't know how many boards and how many things we put up on that thing that we had to take back down and redo it. If we just tried, we would never put it up. But we made mistakes and we failed and we didn't cut it right and we had to go get more boards. But we kept going. And kind of take, you know, Jay and Jessica, they were barely in church here. And I warned them right in the get-go. I said, now, you, you want to grow? You want something to happen? I mean, you're, you're wanting to give your life to the Lord, and you're, you're wanting your family strong. And I said, you're going to get hit, man. You're going to get, oh, devil's going to come at you nine ways Sunday. For about three weeks, y'all, it was sickness and problems and couldn't get to church. Why, you know, I, and I, every day, I thank God. I, and I told my wife, I said, I thank God that God moved my heart to warn them that this is coming because what happens so often is when that happens, you just say, man, this is not working. Better go try something else. No, something else is not going to work either if we just try it. We got to make, we got to do it. We got to stay after it. You see, they wanted to rush the process, but Jesus makes it clear they are not yet prepared. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 and 7, it says, when they uh, they therefore were come together. They asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said, oh, Lord, you're going to do it now? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, and Samaria and under uttermost parts of the earth. You see, he said, look, it, it, it's not going to happen right now. You've got to tarry here for a while. And can I tell you, you've got to tarry here for a while. You've got you to be here. You've got you to come. You've got to be here. You've got to come to serve. Folks, hit and miss, it doesn't... It, it, I would never play it in my first football game if I came, you know, about once every two weeks to practice. If I came once a month to practice, I'd never play. It doesn't work that way. Anything that you go into, uh, Josh, you know, you took over this business. I don't know, it's, again, you know, how long has it been, six months ago or something? You started in a, in a business now, it, you know. You're managing your own store and moving up in this thing. That would never happen if you said, well, I'll show about every three weeks. Because you don't learn anything that way. You get nothing consistent in your life that way. And can I tell you, the Christian life is not a church service. The Christian life is something you live seven days a week, 24-7. What are you reading and learning that is helping you prepare? You see, Jesus said, if you do what I've said and obey what I've taught you, you'll be prepared. He said, I, I'm gonna, you're going you're gonna to be prepared. You're going to be ready. What are we doing? What are we reading and learning and listening to that is helping us prepare? I'll go back to my illustration. Ken and, and, and I were, are, are, you know, we're different in a lot of ways, but this one way we're kind of similar we're, we're kind of more the kind of attitude that we're going to build the deck today. Do you understand? It doesn't matter how big it is. doesn't matter how big the job is. It's going to get done today. Anybody understand that concept? 
You see, if I walk into, my wife will say, Rob, we need to paint the room. If I pick up a brush, she cries. She begs me, please put it down, Rob. You know why? Because I'm going to get the room painted now. You know what that means? We're moving fast. That means... Got it, baby. And she goes, could you go away for a little while? And she goes back and tries to correct everything in the house. If I get a hammer or a saw, she gets nervous. Because I'm going to build it now. That's kind of the way, you know, we're kind of, Ken and I are kind of, you know, let's start nailing that baby. Let's measure it. Let's cut it. Let's make it fit. That means, you know, if you cut the board too long, you just shove the post out. You understand? We, it's going to fit. You're gonna, now, I'm not cutting it again. It's going to fit. That's the way I am. Thankfully, Nate is a little more methodical. And he pressed for us to make sure we had it right before attaching things and cutting things. Nate would be the one, no, we need to measure it again. And I'd be like, Nate, come on, man. we got to finish. No, we got to measure this again. Let's make sure it's Nate. But you know what? Nate saved us a lot of problems because he said, take the time, get it prepared right. Nate now worked on uh, building a fence for this fella, a wood fence, a corral. And man, I was going, again, you know, I'm, I'm ready, you know, dig those posts, throw those babies in, grab the boards, nail them up. We're ready. Let's go. Nate is measuring everything. He's got the level on, you know, three sides of the post. He's got it all. In. And I'm like, Nate, this, this, we're, we're not building a dwelling place. It's a fence. To, but it, has, it did look good. Now, you see, we had to understand that once you cut it, it's done unless someone really comes up with the board stretcher that my daddy tried to send me after when I was a kid. And there was many times out there building that thing, I was thinking, I would really like to have that board stretcher Dad always sent me to. And he always sent me to the truck to get it, but I could never find that stinking thing. And I would come back with all kinds of tools. Is this it? No, that ain't, son. Go look again. And for the people that don't understand, there is no such thing as a board stretcher. So. My old preacher one time wrote a book, the chapter in a book called Don't Rush the Washing Machine. You know, we must not be impatient with God's timing. What I'm saying to you is God's working in your life right now. Let him keep working. Stay at it. Stay patient. And, and I know some of you have been in church for a long time, and you're saying, well, you know, this, this doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. Because all of us need to be growing and learning. We need to stay patient in God's timing. Let him work in us. They wanted things to be the way they wanted, but they... But, Here's the good thing. They yielded to the will of God. They listened to God. They obeyed the words of God, and they got prepared. Now, this is the preparation. This is the preparation time. And this is why I said that, you know, I got like 10 of these points, but, but uh, uh, we're not going to get through them. Right now, Calvary, I believe, is in, for us, for this next phase of Calvary, I believe it's in a preparation time. 
God is preparing us. He's preparing us. He's preparing us with our nurseries. He's preparing us with our junior church. He's preparing us with our Sunday Bible classes and Sunday school. He's preparing our people individually. He's preparing us for what he's about to do. He's preparing us for the next phase of his work. And this next phase of his work in Calvary, this next phase of his work in us. Now, secondly, though, after he prepares us, and I believe that's what he's doing for Calvary Baptist, is he's preparing us for what he's about to do. Now, secondly, the church of Acts was a a church of peace. You see, Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says this, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully fully come, they they were all with one accord in one place. They gathered, and they did not just wait on the Lord. And, and watch this now. He sold them the way, but, but they didn't just come and sit and say, okay, uh, I'm waiting. And, and if I just sit here long enough, God's going to do something. No, God's preparing us. While we're waiting, we listen. While we wait, we study. While we wait, we change. While we wait, we grow. But also, while we wait, We have to do the next phase. They were a people of peace, a people of unity. And watch this now. I believe that it's very, very important that Calvary, as we prepare for the next stage, as we prepare for whatever God's got for us, that one thing that ever since I've come here, people have said is that it's a loving church. Help help me now. We got to stay a loving church. You see, it's... Forgive me, it's easy to love when you're a small, small group, a small nucleus, but as people come in, you got to be willing to love the people who come in. Hey, just as I am without one plea, the song says they come to Jesus. Well, just as I am without one plea, they ought to come to each of us. And as they come in, we, uh, we throw our arms open and say, listen, we love you. We love you. And we're not going to pick you apart. We're not looking for something to disagree about. We're looking for unity. In this peace that only unity brings, they poured out their spirits to God. They were people of peace, even during a time of decision and transition. He said, there's a lot of decisions being made now. There's a lot of transition that's taking place in them. But the Bible says twice something very important. They were in unity. They were getting along. Amen? And listen to me. I've not had one issue at Calvary Baptist Church. I've not had one thing where somebody you know, says, you know, they, they, this person hurt me, this person, this, this, this. I've not had that. Thank God for that. You say, well, why are you preaching it? Because you preach it so it don't happen as we grow, as new people come in. Because new people come, new personalities come. And can I tell you, everybody except me is weird. Isn't that right? Don't be clapping your hands, Linda. You're one of those somebodies. <laughs> That's the way we feel. Everybody on the street driving itself us is stupid. <laughs> and everybody else is weird. I can't believe they think that way. I can't believe they act that way. No, That's because you're weird too. We're all weird. We're all strange. We're all different. Amen. 
But we got you know, to just keep getting along. Unity is so very important in every endeavor. Very important. And, and I'll be honest with you. Some of our, our folks misunderstand that. Some of them lose that. Hey, you know, I, I just, uh, let, me, let me explain something to you. Sometimes I, I get so ahead of myself, I can't get the words out. It's not speaking in tongues, really. But, but you know, we, we've got to understand that, that unity is very important. And sometimes we, in, when we believe strongly about something, we can get pretty mean. We can get harsh. And there's no need to do that. Here's the reason that normally you get harsh about something uh, towards somebody. It's when you're unsure about what you believe yourself. But if you're sure about what you believe, other people can believe something different and it doesn't blow you out of the water. You can be very patient with them. You can love them, accept them, and, and, and take them from where they are. Watch this, because uh, you, you know you're settled and you're, you're okay with what you believe. If, we, if it upsets us really bad what somebody else does, it usually means that we are a little bit unstable in what we believe. All right. So, the final illustration of this, this piece, I'm using this deck again, just point blank, I really didn't want to go spend Day after day, every evening, we'd come in and we'd work for several hours, work till nighttime, and several times we were, we'd work to the point that I'd just go lay down on Candace's kitchen floor and just lay down on the floor, and, and they would walk around me as they would eat and drink, and, I, and, and they'd have to leave me there for about 30 minutes before I could finally get up and, and start heading toward home and, uh, because I was exhausted. I really wasn't, that wasn't my favorite thing to do. You say, why did you do it? Well, I wanted to build the deck with the boys. I wanted to be closer to them and at unity with them because working together is a great opportunity for peace with others. You know what will kind of wipe away all your little issues? Get in the yoke together and start working. Just start working. Get involved. Arthur, I, you know, I don't know how long you stood out there, and I'm not sure how long you were there, but, but I turned one time, and somebody was coming in the front door, and Arthur was over there opening the door for folks to come in. You know what? I, that blessed my soul. Arthur's brand new, but you know what? He said, there's a need. I'm going to open the door. That, you know what that does? That puts us in the yoke together. That told my heart that Arthur cares about what's going on in our church. He cares about the people that are coming in the door. So, when you are at peace with others and with God, that leads you to the, the third point of a, a church of Acts, and that's a church that prays. This third point, the church of Acts was a church of prayer. Acts 1, 13 and 14 says, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John, Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. I want you to listen to this. Preparation alone may lead you to prayer 
because prayer may be just on the checklist. But preparation with peace, with unity, brings us to powerful prayer. You know, if we, if we may prepare for something and say, okay, part of the checklist is that I need to pray. And so we pray. But can I tell you, it, it's a wonderful place to start to pray, but that's not where you want to end up. What you want to end up with is a unified, a corporate prayer of a people that says, God, we want people's lives changed. We want our lives changed. We want the community reached. We want to reach people for Christ. You see, preparation may lead to prayer, but preparation with peace, with unity, brings or leads us to a powerful prayer. True preparation of our hearts and minds must lead to prayer and supplication. The church of Acts was a church prepared, and secondly, a church of peace, and thirdly, a church that prayed. Preparation, peace, and prayer leads to the next thing. And You see, if we prepare, and we are at unity together, and we begin to pray together, you know what that leads to? Power. God's power. I, I believe this. I believe that, you know, it's wonderful. We have 30 people going out visiting, and, and I, that's fantastic. And I, and I love the fact that we, we see people saved, and we see lives changed, and we're trying to reach them. Uh, I also know this, that we do that because God commanded us to do that. We do that because there's lost souls out there. We do that because people have needs out there. But, but you have to understand that we can do all the right things, but we will never see a church grow here and see people come here unless the power of God is here. It's the power of God that changes people forever. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. The mighty power of God fell upon them. Jesus had ascended. He said he would not leave us comfortless. The comforter would come. The church was a church that prepared, a church at peace with God and others, a church that prayed, and a church that the power of God came came upon. And listen, I believe with all my heart, this is what happened in the book of Acts. And if we repeat the process, if we do and become a, a book of Acts church, the same thing will happen. The power of God will come. Power comes for a purpose. You see, power of God does not come uh, uh, for, for me or for you to tingle. The power of God comes so that lives will be changed. It comes for a purpose. And this was the church of purpose. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 and 6 says, 4 through 6 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together together. 
And they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Listen to what happens here. These people, they prepare. These, these people, uh, uh, they, they're at peace. These, in this peace, in this unity, they begin to pray. And as they begin to pray, the power of God falls upon them. And the purpose of all of it comes to fruition. People come. People come to hear. People come to, to, what is going on here? Something's happening here. Something's going on in this place. And folks, that's kind of what Brother uh, Bob, I think, or no, Brother Hopper said a minute ago. Don't become complacent. Understand, just a week or two from now, it's going to be our, our year anniversary. I want to remind you of that. A year anniversary. And, and it's, it's all, almost here, and I'm sitting there thinking, please, don't let us get old to you. We're, 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 it's, not, it's not us anyway. Uh, please keep your heart and your zeal for God. Don't let the service for God and your, yield, your heart for God get old. Don't let it get cold. You know, there's some way, you may say, well, I know people, you know, they go for a while and they drop out, they drop out. Hey, I've been going for about 40 years and dropped out. Mrs. Cummins been running a bus route for 40 years and dropped out. No, if we follow this procedure that they have, we can see the power of God fall. And when that happens, God will then, God will then begin to fulfill his purpose. power of God does not come for us. We are simply a conduit of the power of God that it might flow to others. The power to speak another language came to them, but it was not for them. It was so others could understand them. And here's what, you know, just this, even this part, you know, we get so often, you know, man, uh, is this that speaking in tongues thing? Now, look what it says. Every one of them heard them speak in their own language. It's not some unknown language. Every one of them heard them speak in their own language. God just miraculously said, these people need to hear. I brought them to you. And I want you to notice again, God brought them. Forgive me, we don't run the buses so that we can increase attendance. We run the buses because there's young people, they're going to sit at home if we don't. There's young people and their families will never hear the gospel if we don't. There's lives that will never be transformed for good for God if we don't run those buses. We don't, we don't uh, run the food pantry so we can increase attendance. No, we, we have the food pantry so people will come in with a need, physical need, and they get a physical need met and they get a spiritual need met. God brings them. And he brought them to them. And he said, now wait a minute, my power's there to fulfill my purpose. My hope, my dream, my prayer is that we of Calvary Baptist would be such a church. A church that listens to and studies the Word of God. A church prepared for what God wants to do in and through us. In every endeavor of life to succeed, we must be prepared for what is coming. And I believe that's what, whether you've recognized it or not, 
Now, maybe you've not even understood what we've been trying to do, but thank God for the little wife I got, but she makes her checklist. And so, but thank God for her because honestly, we've been trying to prepare. You say, do you, do you need three nurseries right now? I don't know that we need them. What are you doing then? We're preparing to need them. We're preparing to need them. I told the guy the uh, other day, he, he still, I'm hoping they're still going to move here, but he called me the other day and he said, I can get you 50 of those metal chairs for, for two bucks a piece. He said, give me 100, but I said, yeah, you know, 50 of them. Uh, and he said, uh, for your, I know she used those metal chairs for junior church, and we paint them different colors. And, and he said, I'll come down with my trailer. And I said, bring me 50. Do you need 50 more chairs right now for junior church? No. I'm preparing to need them. Amen. We're preparing to need them. We clean, we, we, we're, we're getting uh, uh, equipment that God blesses, you know, that, that blesses and gives it to us, but equipment for our kitchen. And got a couple of chillers now and, and got a freezer and got some things. You say, do you really need all of that? No. But I'm preparing to need it. I'm preparing to need it. As soon as we get things to the point where, where we can do it right, we're going to run a bus on Friday night down, and we're going to pick up homeless people in Friday night, bring them back here and serve them a, a meal down here. And I already talked to Randy about it. Some of these guys know how to serve. And I'm going to, I, we're not just going to child line these folks through. I'm going to put tablecloths and sit them at a table, and they're going to have two or three options to order. And we're going to, we're going to take their order and serve them like they're kings. Because they are. They're children of God, and and we need to, and, and you know what it's going to do? Give us an opportunity to witness to them. And you know what else it's going to do? Something I'm going to preach about to you tonight, but it's going to give our children, listen to me, our children need to know where decisions can take you. There's only two ways to find out where decisions take you. It's either make those stupid decisions and let them take you there or see somebody who has My hope, my dream, my prayer is that we of Calvary would be a church of peace. Peace with each other and with God so that what God has prepared us to do, we can do. My hope, my dream, my prayer is that we of Calvary would be a church of prayer. Truly and sincerely a people of prayer. And I'm going to just make a statement. Come and pray. Come and pray. Come to the, the, the property and pray. Come to the building and pray. I, I, let me say this, I, I, don't, not just at service time or invitation time, but at any time. Honestly, it's going to become a unique statement, but I'd love to see such a prepared heart and unified spirit among us that in the middle of a service someone feels the need to pray, we would not only understand, but some of us would join them. You say, wouldn't that disrupt your service? You can't disrupt the service if God's moving in somebody's heart. There's nothing more special to me than, than to God. I've been at camps before, and, and I was at a camp, and, and, uh, and I began to, to preach and, and had them come up and, and, and sing a song. And, and in, in that song, everything broke loose in that song. Everything 
broke it wasn't my preaching. I, I hope it was the prayers that went in advance. But we never got to my sermon. There was kids, and, and it wasn't a rock and roll song. As a matter of fact, it was a song that you hear on one of our girls' CDs. Uh, we are so blessed, or something to the... the and they sang that song, and it just, it broke loose all over the altars. We came up, and we prayed with kids and dealt with kids and decisions, and people got saved. And they went back, and, and they finally, after probably 30, 40 minutes, went back and sat down. And I said a few more words, and here they came again. You say, well, you didn't get to preach your sermon. I didn't need to preach my sermon. It's God's power. And when God moves, we need to really, you know what you need to do when God moves? Get out of the way. Now I'm for organization a little bit. Everybody, they found out this past year. Uh, I'm for organization. But I'm not so strict that I'm going to restrict God. So I'm just tell you, if you ever God moves and you want to come to this altar and then it's the middle of my sermon, you have at it. I may keep preaching. I may pray with you. I don't know what I'm going to do because it hadn't happened yet because it's not planned. It's something that God does. And that may sound a little bit strange, but that's just that's what I believe. If God is working, we need to let him work. So before, during, or after and we need to be a people of prayer, with, and with prayer comes God's power. That's why prayer is so important. We of Calvary need to be people of God's power. Anything done in our power will not last. Anything done in God's power will last for eternity. And as God pours out His power on Calvary, may we know that God has a divine purpose for us. He will never pour out His power just to make us feel good or excite us. He pours out His power for His purpose. Calvary, you're, list, you're listening people. You're preparing people. Honestly, as much as any church I've ever been around, you're a people of peace with each other. Now we must pray, pray for power that we will be fulfilled, that God's power will come, and God's purpose will be fulfilled. If you're visiting Calvary, please know we love you, and we want you to be a part of the preparation that's going on. We've been preparing for you. Would, would you help us prepare for others? We love each other. We want to be a part and recipient of that love, and the unity wants you to be a part of that, that love and that unity. We prayed for you before we knew you, and we have begged God for his power that we might be what you need today. And that's what we are. And you say, well, uh, we have no visitors today. We have people. You're not officially a member of Calvary. I want you to know, if you're here today, you're part of us, and we love you, and we want to meet every need that you have and we want to, God to do something in your life but we understand God has to come in power to do it that's what the book of Acts church was and it's several more things and that we may talk about but the fact is is that this is what this is how the book of Acts came to be there were people that, that, that came and, and they allowed themselves a preparation time and as they prepared that they were they uh, uh, they they were in unity or they were they had peace amongst them and and then from that God led them to begin to pray as they had been commanded to pray and from that prayer God sent his power and he sent his power for a purpose. 
And that's what kind of church we need to be. And that's what I'm hoping that we will be. And I pray that anybody here, anytime they walk through the door, that it'll never stop being said, it's a loving church. That they love us. That they care about us. That's so very, very important if we're going to, because I I keep keying on that one little phrase, that unity. God said it twice in just a few verses. He said it twice. They read unity. Because there's very powerful prayers when we're in unity. Father, I pray that you bless us more. Lord, thank you for your love and your goodness to us. Dear God, I pray you bless this morning that we would continue to be a church of unity. And Lord, if there's any, anything even trying to sneak in, that you'd stop it now, that you would snatch that root of dissension out. But Father, that you would, you would touch our church and that, Lord, that we would truly, we, we'd move into a people of prayer. Dear God, a people who would sincerely cry out to you day and night for our church, for our families, for our children, for our marriage, for our community. And that, Lord, that we would be a people that would see your power and we would understand that the power of God doesn't come for our benefit. It comes for your purpose. Dear God, not for our purpose, but for your purpose. Please, Lord, I pray that you bless this morning and And Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, Lord, that's what this was all about. These people gathered to them and they heard the word of God in their own language. And I pray this morning that somebody's hearing the very words of God that we've read and that we've talked about. And Lord, that they would know that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And they can have that gift. And it's an eternal gift. Lord, I pray that if they don't know for sure they're going to heaven, that they find that out this morning. And I'd just like to ask with heads bowed, eyes closed, as we're having prayer, that if you're here this morning, you say, Brother Hooker, please pray for me. I, I have some doubts about my salvation. I struggle with it. It's, a, it's a, kind of this continuous battle maybe in my heart and mind. And I, and I really would like to be over that. I'd like to have that assurance that I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, would you I'll pray for you. Would you raise your hand for me? So that's me. You raise your hand. Then let's all stand. We'll just take just a few minutes. Remember, if we are church preparation and we're church of unity, then we'll be a church of prayer. And this is our opportunity to pray and ask for God to come in power for our church, for our people, for our families. And God can work in us. If this, again, if this is a place that you might feel that God might want you to join or be a part of this membership, or if you've been saved and never been baptized, we'd love to talk to you about either one of those things. If you want to come, as she plays, the altar's yours.
As you pray, a very important prayer this morning would be if, if you feel any, any animosity, any dissension, any conflict that might be even trying to stir in your heart towards someone else, this would be a time to unload that, a time to clear that out and just understand that's such a hindrance to the work of God. I believe it's why the Lord said it twice in just a matter of a few verses. They didn't just pray, they were, they were in unity. Which means they were at peace. Let me just say as you look at me, maybe just say this. The, um, it's very, very important that we continue in that peace which leads us to sincere prayer. And I beg you uh, this morning that we always just come to God and realize that relationships are more important than opinions. Relationships are more important than getting our way. And you say, why are they so important? I hope I revealed it this morning. One reason they're important is that if we don't have right relationships, we don't have powerful prayer. Yes. 